Let's go. Bingetown, how are we feeling today? It's your boy Dave here with co-hosts Paul and B Toms. We are happily, happily here today to bring you guys coverage of the new season, season six of Rick and Morty. It's been how long has it been since we had season five? Is it a little bit over, a, little not, over a year? Not as long as I thought it was gonna be. They've been actually getting a lot faster um in between seasons which is just phenomenal news yeah so we get season six of rick and morty with solar ricks being episode one and wow i personally was not expecting this kind of episode i was expecting some kind of maybe random side story episode that you know rick and morty i feel like is notorious for like we get a lot of season finales in the past and it doesn't really pick up right away into the new seasons. Whereas here we get the complete pickup of right where we left, left off in season five. And this episode exceeded all of my expectations. Because like I said, I wasn't expecting us to get like quote unquote canon storyline stuff this episode. So right off the bat, we're already exceeding my expectations. And Luke's not here with us today, but you guys can imagine what he was like just knowing that we just picked <clears throat> off. It was all canon. Yeah. Yeah. He loves canon. For everybody who's been dying for the canon and asking the creators more canon stuff, this is like a wet dream for them. If I'm being honest, this was just so many story points that we've been begging them for more information about. But also, they didn't really tell us all that much about them, just that they were willing to discuss them again. We get, I, we get some crazy reveals this episode, man. Yeah, insane. Absolutely loved this episode. Was not expecting, you know, my expectations were high because, you know, the season premieres are usually pretty good, but this was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, picked up right where I left off with the season five finale. And if you look back at like the, the last four or five episodes Rick and Morty have released, just absolute fire like some of the best ones like two crows rick mariah jack Mm -hmm. followed up by this finale or i'm sorry this premiere absolutely incredible so good but anyway let's just jump right into this like we've all been saying we pick off immediately where season five left off and the citadel is in complete ruins portal guns are completely worthless now they don't have any ability to jump dimensions or travel back home and Rick and Morty are given the Iron Man treatment from Endgame, as we are made plenty of aware of, until Space Beth comes to their rescue. So I don't know if there was any like glaring funny moments in this opening <laughs> scene before we get the credits, but I was hyped to see Space Beth right off the bat. I was not expecting her to be the one that was coming through. I think they only show us that Morty is still very willing to chirp back at Rick. He was just like, remember when you just tried to pretend like you didn't know Iron Man? Like, who was that for? (laughs) (laughs) I love that line. It was so good. And uh, right before that, you know, Morty was kind of going off saying evil Morty. You know, maybe that was his plan all along. And and Rick is like, evil Morty, can we stop flattering this guy? His plan was to monologue and fuck off. Like, he doesn't want to acknowledge you know, even Morty's brilliance at all. That's exactly cool. exactly what you're saying, Paul. I mean, he doesn't want to acknowledge his brilliance. Like Rick created the portal gun so that all of like he would be the smartest person in every dimension. And here comes a Morty stepping in and just outsmarting him. And he's so salty about it. And he'll never get over it. He'll never no. get over it. No, he won't at all. Uh, and I just love how he's like, all right, spinal cord, shoot me over some Robitussin as a base. 
and then you know surprise me with the rest like i don't know whatever you want um also that literally talking i thought it was hysterical because rick was like he's like beth you're in a vacuum sound travels on air he was like why am i even talking (laughs) yeah now i don't feel like rescuing you and then the title sequence which is always great you know Mm -hmm. the new title sequence from the premieres Always fun to see. Yeah. Anything you guys want to call out in that title sequence that looked of interest to you guys? The the, the one that sticks the most was just a, a butter Morty landing in a pan of <laughs> eggs. That's the that's the only one I can remember because I little was like butter thing. arms flailing around <laughs> too. Yes, that yeah. was actually the one I was gonna point out. Also, the flying monster that's been in every title sequence that we still have yet to see is still there. Mm. Yeah, that's funny. I wonder if we'll ever get rid of that. Yeah, the butter one was the only one I had because that one was just like, what the fuck? But it's yeah. so then, good to hear the intro again, man. And then the episode picks up and they're getting out of the spaceship and, and Rick's telling uh, Beth, it was a great one liner, Beth. It was a great one liner. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're good. Sorry, we gave you so much shit. So we'll just continue right on into it with Rick heading back to uh, back home to try and reboot the portal gun. However, instead of resetting the portal gun, he resets travelers instead, meaning every variant that is lost in the universe will now be transported back to their original realities. So in this instance, for Morty, it's Cronenberg, the Cronenberg dimension, which as we know in season, which was the original birthplace of our show, Rick and Morty, up until season one, episode six, when Rick's love potion goes totally awry, everyone's transformed into morning loving bugs. And then again in season three, episode one, I think this was the Rick Shank redemption potentially when Morty and Summer visit the Cronenberg dimension while trying to break Rick out of prison. Mm-hmm. Prison gets mm-hmm. frozen by the citadels of Rick, uh, by Citadel Rick. Sorry, not the Citadel, but I guess it's the same thing, but and is left behind pretty much. So that was the last state we had seen Cronenberg dimension in and that's the birthplace of morty we know that rick from the last season is his original home is obviously the dimension where beth and summer died or diane and diane and beth Mm -hmm. diane and beth and jerry which was a pleasant surprise to the audience because this was a shout out back to the jerry burry episode um jerry that was all at the end, was really. the jerry Bree the jerry daycare yes yes that was okay. that was that was morty night run so that's uh I'll just oh, ex- here i go killing again yeah i'll just and explain they- it again i'll just explain it now so in season two episode two i forget the the name of the episode but rick morty leaves, night run morty night run jerry leaves or rick leaves jerry at a jerry daycare at much. the very end they get there jerry and they're gonna leave and then another rick and morty come up is like hey like Wait, did we switch tickets? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Just switch. It'll be fine. Yeah, whatever. And yeah. we just uh, didn't know if it was not uh, the same or not. And Comes back into play here. Wow. I love it. This it's is so the funny. seed planning of Rick and Morty. That is just so genius. We got to the point where basically Rick kind of reboots everybody. But uh, we're not going to go beyond that because there's a little things mm-hmm. that I want to bring up first. One, Digestabot. Yeah, so good. Oh man, like we, we might not be able to handle solid foods here. Digestion bot, do this, and he literally gives Morty a turd. What looks like a turd, and and Rick's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just gonna risk it. And he goes, Oh my god, are these heirloom tomatoes? Digestibot, you gotta try this. Yeah, that's the best. He feeds Digestibot 
the tomatoes for enjoyment. Oh, love sure digestive bot. bot just goes, mm, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all Perfect. it says. Probably the dumbest invention Rick's ever created. Like huh. in terms of like smart, like I feel like a lot of his creations are pretty intelligent to some degree. That what one about butter guy? So all the, the whole dude's life is to hand and butter. Yeah, but he could Thank actually you. like talk in complete sentences at least. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I actually had to go back and watch it a second time to understand exactly what Rick was trying to do. Um, he said he wanted to reboot the portal index. And I know you kind of touched on it, Dave. Um, and he said you basically explained it as a hard reset on the portal fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just made a, a silly mistake. Where instead, yeah, you, you just you already talked about it. Everybody who was, you know, interdimensional travelers that were not in this proper universe either got kicked out or brought back. And I don't know. What'd you guys? I was a little upset I, that Rick made a silly little mistake like that. Like usually it's Morty fucking him up, but I was like, come on, what did you what did you do there that you messed up that badly? I don't know. He he just got all. He was just about to die from starvation. He just got a really good sandwich in him. Maybe he was still thinking about the sandwich. <laughs> the fucking heirloom tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was still thinking about those heirlooms exactly. But I, I guess you're right. I mean, it's just classic Rick and Morty. Like he he makes a mistake in some way. I don't know if B. Tom's has a better explanation. Also, yeah, I was just gonna say a lot of what makes Rick big bad Rick is the fact that he has that portal gun as his ace in the hole. And mm. if they're making, if they're building this up to be the season where there is no portal gun, like he, the cracks in the foundation of Rick may begin to show themselves. He may start making a couple mistakes. And I feel like the past season and a half or so, the other members of the family have been increasing in standing relative to Rick. And they've been able to like, you know, shit on him, throw it right back as hard as Rick dishes it out. Um, So maybe just a continuation of that, you know, he might actually start making mistakes uh i just might as well touch on it since you already brought it up b toms the big takeaway at the end of the episode we got is portal inner portal travels right now aren't going to be a thing you know the the portal gun is broken so it's just so funny that luke isn't on this episode because all of last season we were we were really going into the season dissecting it in and trying to make everything make sense into the universe and the problem that me and Luke had with last season is a lot of the answers could have been solved with the portal gun, but they just didn't do it just for for the sake of it. And we were like, you know, okay, now we're kind of getting into the mindset. If it's a canon episode, that's what we dissect. If it's like a fun episode, fuck it. It's a fun episode. But now they set up this season where anything they do and the portal gun can't be the answer. Exactly what you were saying, B Tom's. Like that actually makes sense. That's canon. It's so funny. It's almost like I wish we could just like switch some episodes from season four and season five because that would make total sense then. And I have to believe that was a creative choice. They wanted to take that crutch away from Rick to put him in predicaments where he would have to respond without mm-hmm. using the portal gun to get out of it. So I'm I'm kind of excited for it. Yeah. And yes. This is def- definitely. And- and that's just all going to help him grow also emotionally with his family as well. Maybe we'll need his family to help him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, last thing before I do get split up. How funny was it? Jerry, there's no time to explain. Uh, Summer, you got to do this. And he's like, here we go. And then they just don't blink away. It's literally like, like a well, full minute of episode <laughs> of him just sitting there in silence or denying that it 
wouldn't have taken that long. That's a perfect example because he's just like, here we go. And Summer's just like, no, we still have plenty of time. You named all the files fart.aids or whatever. You named every single (laughs) protocol file. And Jerry was even chirping back like, we had literally two minutes for you to explain this. Like Jerry was shitting on Rick. That never would have happened first two seasons. No, no, no. Very true. Very true. So while they're blinking about to be transported to their original universes, Rick explains to Summer that pretty much there's a protocol to follow for this exact situation in this cap like file cabinet that he has in the basement. This point, we're going to break up the episode into some character buckets. We're just going to start with uh, the Beths and Summers arc and then we'll go into morty's just really quickly and then we'll end with rick's bucket that ties us all back together essentially so starting with the best in summer um they begin working on the plan to bring the family back from their respective dimensions uh the plans pretty much take them to the citadel where they are attempting to turn on a beacon to guide rick who is going to be traveling essentially through dimensions blindly and they'll turn on a beacon that'll light the way for him to locate Morty, Jerry, and get back to them. But here, yeah, we see the dynamic of this of space Beth and domestic Beth, as she hates to be called. They're pretty much they're just being petty a little bit. Beth seen or domestic Beth is salty that space Beth space Beth gets to go on all these adventures in space and not have all these homely responsibilities, while also giving space Beth space. That is like a tongue twister for me. Space, space Beth. Beth a hard time about of ditching out pretty much. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of scenes that were in there, but it's just so funny. Like when they're right in the basement, at the, like right after they disappear and summer is explaining that her relationship with Rick is way better for her than it is for Morty because she gets benefits like Wolverine claws <laughs> and yeah. Morty gets just pain yeah. and suffering all the time. I was a little, uh, not surprised, maybe a little surprised that the two Beths were going at it like they were. I feel like the last time we saw them, they were on like really good terms with each other. So I did. I I feel like this pettiness was like behind them. I feel like well, domestic Beth was encouraging space Beth to go out and do space shit so that she could be domestic Beth. Yeah, pretty much. I think they were just both jealous of each other because they both like sure. had part of the lives that, that they wanted but if you have that life, then you can't have this other life. So I, th- I think that's what it was. Uh, but I agree. I mean, we've seen them together once or twice now. And they just, I guess they don't spend too much time around each other. Um, because even Space Beth was saying, you know, ah, she probably gets back to saving the galaxy. And all right, fine, I'll come help. Yeah, um, she but- was very reluctant to join. Like, she just wanted to leave as soon as possible. She yeah. didn't really seem there was a lot to me that seemed like she didn't want to be a part of a relationship, any relationship with summer at all. Uh, and I also loved the, the whole catching up Beth on why did Rick Morty and Jerry all disappear and summer's like, Oh yeah, they went back to their original dimensions and Beth's like, well, where are ours? And summer's like, Oh, they're buried in the backyard. <laughs> uh, that's what the possums are after. Just <laughs> yeah. every, everything is so casual now. It's so funny. I wasn't a big fan of so when they arrive at the Citadel when it's kind of invaded by those like interdimensional creatures or whatever it is and Beth is like shooting the one mul- like multiple times saying like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I was like a little bit annoyed at that because domestic Beth has shown that she can be a fighter when need when needed to be so I was a little bit like why are they showing us that she's 
like they're really emphasizing that she's not as competent in a fight, I guess, as Space Beth. But I thought it was hysterical. I mean, it was funny. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but we've seen Beth in the past like do hardcore shit, and she's like apologizing for shooting this being. You know, apologizing that she couldn't kill him quick enough. She was like, "Oh, sorry, sorry." Like that- you know what it reminded me of? Family Guy when. Bond, that's what you were going to say. Yes, I had that one locked and loaded. When Bonnie's trying to shoot his spine, I'm yes. sorry, Joe, I'm a terrible shot. I'll do it myself. Yes, <laughs> that was exactly. my Joe. That's the best I could do. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> that was that, that's it, exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. Exactly what I was thinking about. So uh, it was just funny because obviously Summer and Space Beth are just used to killing everything. And, and, you know, domestic best just trying to fit in, but obviously can't keep I, up. I was kind of just like, that's not even domestic best fault. Like, why didn't you give her a better gun? True. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. Like Space Beth came in and one shot, like made a divot. I don't yeah. know, but I agree with you, Dave. <laughs> domestic Beth has shown that she has some like fighting metal. So I, I was a little bummed out that they made an emphasis to make her like that week. But yeah, whatever. I also love the summer line where she gets the beacon up and she's like, pin drop grandpa. I'm like, dude, that is such a, oh, yeah. <laughs> that line would make no sense a few years ago, but now pin drops. So normal. It might not it's even like, make hey, sense in like 10 years from now, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pin drop grandpa, come get us yeah. for all you people listening in the future. We had, <laughs> we had to drop pins to find each other's locations. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Does that more or less catch us up? Because not too much happens with the bests and yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, she so, drops the pin and that yes, would have a circle it, back to everybody in their respective dimensions. A little bit more. We get a little bit more. I don't know if we want to break it down, dude, but I'll, I'll just, let me just okay. walk us through. So it's mm-hmm. the guide. They light up the guide. Like Paul said, Rick informs them that the guide also attracts quote unquote things that are way worse than him. Um, mm-hmm. So they have to hunker down and defend the beacon. The two. This is where. Ex- this is exactly where the two Beths get into that argument about responsibility when they get eaten by the interdimensional creature. While in the stomach, at, like five minutes later, they pretty much make up yeah. and are saved by Summer. And Summer's kind of jawing at them, like, "Stop competing for my affection. I can hear your <laughs> thoughts in the helmet and all this shit." Like, yeah. And and the interdimensional beast literally comes and reforms. And he's about to attack and feast, and then Rick and Morty land right on top of him. Yeah. So that's where their Beth and Beth and Summer story ends for this episode. Yep. I, I love the the dynamic between Space Beth and Domestic Beth. Like if one was a clone and one isn't, it's just really cool to think about. And it's something that I was not expecting it was really going to be a thing after they, they had the whole reveal. All right, let's put our bets in. Who do we think is the clone and who is the real one? I don't know if we're ever going to find out. I feel uh, like there were hints like seeing domestic Beth be kind of like a wimp with the gun kind of made me feel like she was the clone because that's not like space Beth can. I don't know. I that just like there were subtle I, signs like that that made me think that domestic Beth was the one that was cl- a clone. I think real Beth is kind of a badass. So that leads me to believe that real Beth is space Beth. Yeah. And that yeah. the clone was yeah. tailor made to be this domesticated person to just child care. Yeah. So if, yes, I, I agree. If I had to guess, yeah, I'm with you guys. Real Beth would have wanted, wanted to go out there, but yeah. I'm going to go on record saying, I don't think we're ever going to find out. Neither do but, I. That would be so on this? par with Rick and Morty. Do you think one of them will die? And then the other one will just permanently be domestic Beth. 
That's a whole other question. That is a whole other question. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know. Rick loses two. Oh my god, loses his daughter. That would be crazy. Yeah, that'd be insane. Yeah, we're jumping to Morty now. Who, like we had stated earlier, has returned to the Cronenberg universe. Um, after a little bit, he finally reunites with his real father Jerry, who is just an absolute beast now. As Morty puts it, my original dad talking about him beat the apocalypse i guess we all underestimated you Hell jerry yeah. of all people survived the fucking apocalypse Beast. and made it out looking like a honestly he looks pretty fucking hot to me so <laughs> i hope this is the season that jerry finally is like not the worst character ever to grace television with his presence <laughs> like i hope he is able to accumulate some respect on his name and this is a plus that a version of Jerry and an alternate dimension could mm. as- ascend to this level of let's let's be real. He's awesome. Yeah, this is yeah. a very cool Jerry. He's Jack mm. taking care of himself, making moves. It, it was nice to see this Jerry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We talked about it a little bit, but he explains that after the Citadel Ricks responded to capture Summer and Morty because of the malfunctioning portal gun that they're jerry just destroyed and the citadel ricks froze summer beth jerry so the mutants licked them out beth got sick afterwards and summer didn't thaw right summer didn't thaw right and jerry is just so normal now he's like yeah rick was right like you just need to let go so that's where this whole um he actually meets up with morty because morty goes into the uh, stored literally goes to the porno mags. First thing he says is, yeah, like sex voice or something like that. Like that's the first thing he's thinking about at all times, just because he's at that age. Um, <laughs> and then he literally stabs Jerry. He like, yeah. goes around, he's like, God damn it. Morty, we don't have doctors anymore. <laughs> Can't be doing that. I kind of liked that. Jerry just totally betrayed Morty. It's like, dude, this Jerry has just been through the apocalypse. Like he only, he did that one way and that's just like what Rick said, let it go. Don't form any attachments, steal all of your son's shit and leave. Um, And it honestly made sense too, because he even goes into it and says, you know, last time you were here, you left us to die. Like Morty says, Oh, like, come on. Can't you see the apocalypse is a good thing. It improved you. And he goes, Oh, I'm cool enough for you now. Cool. It almost cost me fucking everything. Like you talked about Mm -hmm. us, like we weren't people anymore when you and summer came back. So obviously this, uh, this Jerry is, is not really thinking of this more like his son anymore. And just to go to the end of the episode, I'm a little upset that he died. I thought he was going to come back. But like me, Tom said, it does show the potential for what Jerry could possibly be. I don't think Jerry will ever reach that level of badassery, but like it shows that he has potential to survive an apocalypse and that Jerry is capable of more than being just Jerry. I really thought Rick was going to take him up and he would be like the sidekick to evil Rick or whatever. We're going to call that Rick. But he was like, hey, maybe a team up could be in order. Boom. Rick's work alone. Whatever. The trap that Jerry had set for Morty when Morty turns his back for a second was just so funny. He's like, <laughs> Morty, if you're wondering how I wrote this note, like I just I wrote it ahead of time. If you're wondering, I got out so quickly. <laughs> and then he gets to the trap and he's like, uh, Morty thought he'd have cooler shit. How to write this quickly by. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's such a good trap. But yep. 
uh, if we're good on all that. Morty's scene, like Paul said, pretty much. Yeah, Morty catches up with his dad, but is completely shit on by Jerry for leaving them. That That's totally in his right to, to completely shit on Morty like that. And he turns down Morty's offer of a new life, pretty much in a new universe. This brings us to Rick's timeline, where we now see, uh, he has returned back to the infamous, infamous garage where his family was murdered. Rick has decided to leave his house the way it was as a constant reminder of his failure and goes as far to even create a ghost wife to haunt him as a voice that is always in the next room, just out of reach. <laughs> Loved it. I thought it was so good. And I didn't really, I thought it was really kind of a joke at first, but it was actually a huge plot device because it looks like it's just ghost. Diane. her main point is, to make sure that our Rick goes after target Rick, the one that did all of this. She mm-hmm. even has a line where she says, you know, I kept a list of all the potential targets while you were away. So she's basically one thing on her mind. And that was huge because later on, she's the one that actually reveals to our Rick, Hey, if you got sucked back here and you're having as much trouble to get back, wouldn't that make target Rick? like in the same situation and our Rick is like worried about getting home. So it makes sense. He doesn't think of it, but it's absolutely genius writing, honestly. Um, and ghost Diane was a really, really cool writing device for the episode. Just to go into a little bit farther into that story. Um, we also find out that Rick has put the world into an entire time loop, or at least this dimension into a entire time loop, forcing the residents to repeat the day he lost his family for all eternity, pretty much dragging everyone else around him into his personal hell. Um, (laughs) And he has the line where he's like, uh, the one neighbor comes up and shows the note. And he's like, oh, I keep getting this note. uh, And it says, like, my mind and soul is trapped in one moment, but my body continues to age. And Rick is like, oh, fuck, man. I used to drink, drink. Like I used to drink so much, I used to send apology notes back to the real people in my timeline. Genius. I don't know if that was an apology note. I thought it was just that. I don't. I don't even know. I thought it was just something to do with the time loop. And that guy had left a note for himself over and over again, saying, "I'm in a time loop. Get me out uh, of here." I thought reason- he was like, "I used to drink, drink," because that's a fucked up thing to do to an entire dimension. That's just like they didn't even do anything to deserve it. Uh, the only reason I thought it was Rick is because the last line the old guy has um, is like, oh, well, that's OK. I hope whoever was writing those notes, like finally let go and and, you know, moved on. And that mm. I thought that was Rick saying like, OK, yeah, obviously I never did. But that's when he goes to the switch and turns it off and we go, oh, sweet death. Oh, OK, I <laughs> gotcha. But that was my interpretation. I originally thought you guys were right. He's trying to like, if you ever seen the movie Memento, he's trying mm, to like write himself exactly. notes about what's going on. Yeah, that's what I thought he was trying to do. But you're right. The second, it was weird because you're right. The second half of the notes seemed like it was talking about Rick himself. So that was weird. But this is also an important moment because the spate of the ghost tells Rick that we'll call him evil. Rick is out there. And I, I potentially had, what do you think about target Rick? Because Evil Rick makes you think of the Rick that was with Evil Morty, and they're totally different ones. So yeah, but I, then I, I can't saying, shorten it to TR because TR is Tiny Rick. <laughs> for that. That's why I was doing Evil Rick for ER, but I guess you're right. We already have an Evil Rick. Tar Rick. Should we call... What should we, we, need, we need to br- create a name for him right now. This is what we can go well, by. Well, I Villain just said Rick? Target VR? just because um, that's what Ghost Diane said, our target. 
I'm going with villain. I like it. VR. Villain right. Rick. This is important because Rick is admitting here that he wants to actually share a life with his new family. This is his first time admitting that. Um, I feel like he usually just says that they're replaceable. And that was definitely the case for Morty. Morty has definitely obviously been shown as replaceable due to the Citadel of Ricks and them creating Mortys. And so his family has always been seen as replaceable. He was always jumping timelines and, you know, him and Morty do it in, you know, season one, episode six, they go to a new timeline. Rick just joins this new family. Doesn't really give any thoughts about it. Doesn't really care. So this was an, uh, his first time actually vocalizing that he wants to start to share a life with his new family. He, he actually gives a shit now. Yeah. But the emotional breakthrough is quickly cut short as he's, as he realizes that, VR villain Rick that killed Diane and Beth is also now trapped in his original dimension and things get fucking wild here. So Rick escapes and is uh crash lands into Cronenberg earth where Morty was kind of crying after what Jerry had just told him. And, and he's just, he's um, able to find there because summer actually dropped the beacon. Yeah. Once like, summer dropped the beacon, he could map out everything and he could go to dimension dimension. Mm-hmm. And he immediately starts pestering Morty. If you've seen another Rick, um, obviously the the VR Rick, we are revealed here that villain Rick's original dimension is Cronenberg dimension. And our C-137 Rick had been waiting for him to come back and try and rescue his grandson. Unfortunately, villain Rick seems to care way less about people than even C-137 Rick does. So that's already a big problem, but holy shit. This I actually couldn't even process this until my second rewatch. Like the I think the 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 dot the gears were turning when I had watched this originally. I'm like, okay, what does all this mean? But seeing yeah. it on the second rewatch, it was totally clear to me that this shit was planned out from the beginning. Rick chose that drop in season one, episode one, to or whatever, even before that, to he chose this dimension to try and hunt the person down that killed their family. His insane. Family. Absolutely. So cool. Um, I, I loved it. I thought it made so much sense. Uh, I was originally annoyed watching it the first time I'm, I say annoyed, but I just didn't understand exactly what the reboot was. And it was the whole, I thought it was every Rick and Morty from every timeline. Anybody that ever interdimensionally to traveled went back to their own. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, how does villain Rick come into this? But the reveal here that he was the OG Rick, like he, our Rick was just sitting, waiting for him to come back. It makes so much sense is such a good, just such a good idea. And it ties in everything perfectly. Dude, and he dude. actually is able to find him because when Rick crash lands, he actually grabs a strand of Morty's hair. And I guess I don't know why, but as soon as he does that and throws it in, he's able to find the uh, villain Rick's hideout. It's got to be the DNA because... But he's Cronenberg Morty. Yeah, and that's he's looking for Cronenberg Rick. Our Morty originally belonged to villain Rick. You know what I'm saying, Dave. That is why Rick C-137 all that time ago chose this dimension to assume a life in. So Because Morty thinks that Rick chooses places because... Okay, yes. Either his yes. Rick is dead or is missing. We were always thought that their Rick was dead, but he's actually been missing this whole time. And it turns out to be the the Rick that killed the Rick we know, C-137's family. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Totally on board. Yeah. This was one of the best reveals we had ever gotten in Rick and Morty. Honestly, this is day one shit. Finally tying into everything. The next thing we get is actually Rick and Morty going to our villain Rick's hideout or whatever. Mm -hmm. And such a funny line that I don't play Minecraft. I know I would love it, but he has like the best line. Like, oh, this guy loves to create elaborate shit, but doesn't like being found out. It's like playing Minecraft on a private server. <laughs> I just thought it was like, always coming in hot with the Minecraft jokes. But yeah, he's able to actually find this villain Rick now because of the hair that he plucked from Morty. Yeah, it's he's located in an invisible space station, pretty much. Uh, and he's there. Filled with be, traps. And he's there because he got forced back when the hard reset happens. It took me a little bit to put everything together, but Correct. It's, everything logically makes sense. And, and he's stuck there. And villain Rick is kind of tormenting C-137 Rick. He's like, oh, you know, I shoot, I'm a big shoot, shoot the first monitor too kind of guy. Um, but he's Great. kind of tormenting him, just playing mind games with him. Just saying he brings up this potential clone of villain Rick. And he's like, oh, there I am. Or maybe that's not me. Maybe it is me. <laughs> You'll never know. Like this whole ship fucking with Rick. And he's kind of like the the clone is just bouncing around the the space station a little bit to a point where he just gets he gets shot down a tube and more Rick, mind games. He was yeah. playing more of my oh, if you follow him, we could have a big fight off. There's a fifty percent chance I'm lying. Rick is willing to throw his life away. Morty tells him he's like, dude, it's clearly a trap. Like, don't go after him. And Rick is like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's this really shows the passion that he has for killing this Rick who pretty much sent him down this hor quote unquote horrible life that he's, he he has. Rick even has a line. I'm sorry. Morty goes first and says, if you go down there, he's just going to kill you. And Rick says, good. Mm -hmm. So Morty goes down to jump down the tube immediately. And Rick stops him. And Morty's like, dude, if you don't care, if you die, then why do you care if I die? You know, like, come on. We're Rick oh, and Morty. he cares. Yeah. <laughs> and then he eventually goes on to say, he goes, I, I don't know him. I don't know that villain, Rick. You're my grandpa, Rick. Rick and Morty, a hundred years, and I was like, "Let's yeah. go, Rick and Morty years. forever." Hundred com, yeah. www, dude, so good. Shout out! What episode was that one? Even episode I, one. I that was that. the episode one. That was, that was the it. Pilot. They reference it more than once, but it's awesome. We can talk about this at the end. But Luke had said that this episode was the best season one opener we've gotten from Rick and Morty. And I was like, dude, that season one pilot just hits for me. Like I'm, I'm currently rewatching it just so I can get a better appreciation for, especially now that this episode showed so much, I'm just trying to get a better appreciation. And that episode still fucking hits, man, but it, it's very it's, different feel to it, but it is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to verify which to the episode ones is best. Uh, I'm also going to do a rewatch. You, you just have to, at this point, yeah, I mean, that's the six seasons in like it is meriting a rewatch at this point. Such a bingeable show. And this will be the fifth or sixth time I've seen most of these episodes and it's still it hits. Yeah. To continue with the evil or villain Rick timeline, we have uh, him finally come up on a, a monitor and say, oh, by the way, this place is probably break to uh, blow. Here's a bunch of countdowns. One of them's probably right. <laughs> he's just he's so perfect because that's almost exactly like the rick that we saw in vindicators, vindicators. too yep. it's so funny yeah 
this Rick, villain Rick, is making our Rick look like just one of the peons at the Citadel. <laughs> yes, he really right. is. He's just toying yeah. with them. Yep. I can't wait to get more of him, man. I'm so excited for this episode. Got me so hyped for the season, but we're almost there. So like Paul said, the countdown begins. Pretty much we are led to assume that Rick and Morty just flee on the ship and get out of there, to which this they- picks up to the space uh, timeline of the Beths in summer. Now, is one of the re- one of the things that pulls Rick away from this vendetta? Does he is he informed about the Beths got swallowed, or is that not until they already decide? So that to was leave? like a little bit before. We might have just glossed over that, but yeah, before Morty goes on that tangent that Paul had mentioned, he does mm. say like, "Oh, my moms are in trouble" because they're they're talking to them through the beacon, yeah. the communication system, and they're saying we need help. Like, you guys got to hurry this up because we're just fighting endless hordes of monsters. And so I guess that also might have a sway for Rick wanting to just yeah. leave villain Rick behind. Yeah. Um, so they get on the ship and uh, they completely ruin that big monster's entrance. Dude, Rick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rick lands on him, steps out and sprays like cologne, like two sprays of cologne mm-hmm. on this interdimensional creature that was literally going to take over the world and acts like it's nothing. He literally like spits on it and it's dead. It dissolves. It's so good how well prepared he is. Me and Luke were cracking up because it was just so funny because Beth, the Beths and Summer definitely would have had a hard time fighting that thing. And then just Rick out of the car, just of course in his pocket, just carries the perfect weapon to go yeah. against this thing. And I just, believe he even says, okay, the threat level here was way overblown. <laughs> he says something like that when he steps out. That is so funny. That is a great line. But Hooray, the family is reunited, except for Jerry, of course. And Rick is not so happy to go back and pick him up. But we find um, the Jerry that we know had went back to his original reality and pretty much learned. I was confused still by this, but he pretty much learns that if him and Beth had never went through that divorce, their marriage would just be even worse than what it already is and potentially what it ever would be. He went back to season two smith household and essentially that was when beth was completely dominating him just putting him down every chance she gets and jerry was just complete doormat jerry before like he actually gets some semblance of a spine and yeah exactly right jerry comes to the conclusion we did what was best for this marriage by splitting up and finding our own paths and then coming back with an appreciation for each other if we just stayed here it would have gotten nowhere you're right. Yeah. You're right. Go Rick ahead. even has that line when they finally do pick up Jerry and he's like, Man, that was some real season two shit back there, wasn't it, Jerry? I and love I mean, how how meta Rick is. How yeah. he can just like <laughs> comment about the season. He's Deadpool. And Brian, that's exactly <laughs> it's exactly like you were saying. It was season two, episode three is actually when it happened. So it was like really early on. Um, and that was like right before they got divorced, actually. Um, so they were just miserable with each other, and it actually comes in again when we finally see our last jerry at the right at the end of the episode yep so to wrap things up we get reintroduced back into season two jerry who offers up an interesting surprise so with the reemergence of season two jerry we also get an interesting surprise in this alien creature that i guess just turns whatever it touches into a version of itself Mr. Frundles. Yeah, Mr. Frundles. So within a matter of literal minutes, 
the whole planet is consumed by this thing and just becomes a sentient creatures. So, so just to yeah. rewind, I was questioning why were there two Jerry's in the original universe when they had finally gotten the family back where they were supposed to be. And it would be because that Jerry would have been reset to this universe, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay, that makes way more sense to me. I was like, what? so, so Jerry comes down the stairs and he's in a towel and he's yeah. like, oh, you guys are back. And he's miserable <laughs> because, you know, season two, Jerry was fucking miserable. Um, and he's like, oh, can somebody do something about the shower? Because it's it's cold as Beth in there or something like that. Basically, yeah. no, it's it as Beth. cold as Beth is. It's as cold as Beth was on our wedding day. Yes, yep. exactly. So like, he's just miserable uh, being around her. And it's perfect because that is exactly where we just saw our Jerry come from. Yeah. And it's a little confusing, yes. but it is. It's so meta, as you were saying. And it's. It's perfect because they literally wrap up all the loose ends. Yeah, this is okay. This is and the this, exact reason why we need to rewatch this is because this episode alone just pulls out so much trivia from the audience. Pretty much, this Mister Frundle's character, this alien, was absolutely insane, and oh it was just God. in Rick's room. <laughs> it just multiplies like and takes over the when they are in the spaceship contemplating hmm do we do like the find a new universe where we're all dead because that's pretty hard or should we actually because kind of a lot of the lessons learned from this episode were morty and rick having to face accountability for ruining previous dimensions mm-hmm. and they're just like oh do we do it the right way or do we just do it the way we always do it and they turn back mm-hmm. at literally planet earth with this mr frundle's face and i think it just drinks up all the water on earth and they're like fuck it we're just doing it the old yeah. way dude so funny i mean first of all jerry season two jerry the worst he's like we talked about no creatures in the house and just opens the cage and let's go out the front door and that's whenever that like obviously it was in case you're a reason you idiot so season two jerry i'm glad he's not a thing anymore that is um, the most parasitic creature i've ever seen in my life and literally they're like why were you holding on to that because it was cute fuck <laughs> God. And then he's like, do you know how hard it is to find another timeline without portals? Like, we have to do the rift and the beacon again, the whole episode all over again. Oh, God. Yeah, the meta again. And yeah, they end up deciding on a universe where they pronounce Parmesan, 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 Parmesan. (laughs) They're all so upset. Dude, so good. (laughs) Just such a Rick and Morty thing, like just a, such a such a them joke. It's just so funny. I fucking love so, it, man. So it's so good how what how many of them are there now? So it's Rick, Morty, Summer, Jerry, and then two best. So five, right? Six. six. I can't count. <laughs> six. So uh, there's six of them now. And literally, the first question they have is. So you're saying this universe is exactly the same as ours. And Space Beth even says, you know, even with me, you know, even with all my backstory too. Um, and it makes sense because in that room where that we see the current uh, inhabitants fucking all dead and zombified, mm-hmm. there is an extra Space Beth too. Like she's digging her own grave at the back. Like mm-hmm. everything was exactly the yeah. same yeah. except Parmesan. That is <laughs> That is how you pronounce it. So home of the Parmesan will be our uh, universe going forward. One quick scene that we got was Morty asking Rick, hey, how do you how do I know I'm not the bait? 
bait for the original villain Rick to come down and you're just waiting to kill him. And Rick says something that's kind of sad, but kind of nice. And he's like, you're not bait for you to be bait. Villain Rick would have to care about something. And villain Rick doesn't care about anything. He's the real deal. He's the worst. And so Morty's like, okay, so you actually want to be around us. That's nice. And then he practices his uh, Parmesan pronunciation. After the uh, credits roll, we got our classic one to two minute uh, post credit scene with Rick and Morty. And this one, one was huge. Absolutely. So as it turns out, the potential clone from this, uh, the space station was actually VR villain Rick. And he used an, uh, an escape pod to just safely land on Cronenberg Earth. Uh, there he meets Savage Jerry, who uses a knife to cut open his throat. Unfortunately, a la Arya Stark, honestly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, VR and what does he say? Has some regenerative powers. Go ahead, Paul. Fatality. <laughs> yeah. Jerry wins. I was like, <laughs> awesome. I'm proud of. I'm proud. Jerry's come a long way. Um, but we see that VR has some crazy regenerative powers. I don't know if that was superpowers or if it was some sort of mechanism that's that just he had rick built. being rick he's ready. rick yeah. would never let himself die from a yeah. blade yeah and he's not happy about being locked in his own dimension so yeah he's coming back and i don't know when it's going to be but that's a wrap for this episode man dude, that was that the was final there, line man. dude the final line is so good you know first of all villain rick is just cracking up at getting his throat sliced he's like god damn dude that was pretty badass (laughs) to jerry as he shoots him and kills him and jerry asks why are you here and he goes buddy i have been asking myself that exact same question so so badass this is the villain you know if it ends out being this is a clone of him i'm not gonna be surprised but i assume he died and moved his memories to his clone blah, blah blah i don't know this is the villain rick is is the main takeaway so it is absolutely insane we actually have a target so did we know that this rick existed or that our rick had a nemesis such as this or was this his complete introduction of the premise of this character this episode okay so the whole season finale of season five was the backstory of how Rick came to be in the universe with Morty and the Cronenberg universe. That's where he landed. Um, We, we knew that he was tracking this dude. He had, we had a, he had a picture of it. He went to the whole memory thing where he was able to print a picture of him in his memory. So we saw this character. Um, So we knew of him as a villain. Um, But to be honest, Uh, If you're asking if he was confirmed, if he was alive still, I actually thought he was dead and Mm -hmm. Rick was just never going to, you know, fulfill his need. And that's why he just kind of gave up, drank and crashed on the universe. I never thought that he actually would land on villain Rick's universe, but it makes total sense. But to answer your question, B Tom's yes. Like this is the first time we're getting like everything confirmed. Like we didn't ever know that villain Rick was this Morty that we've been introduced to is Rick. Like we had just assumed that he was either dead or just like probably just dead because that that's just it. I mean, I, I we've never really been told, but this is absolutely the whole introduction to all of this. And that's why this episode was so fucking incredible. To be honest, this 
has been content we've been waiting for since season one. And we finally get, I think we have the whole picture now on what Rick has gone through. And it's only taken us five seasons. <laughs> so good. They, we, they do have a quick line to jump back. Uh, when Rick finally gets out of the pod, he's like, you're a Jerry, right? Never got too close to the concept. Boy, you have really arced out. And and that goes on to, you know, Jerry asking, like, hey, if you want to go for a team up, like, you know, I, I would I would work with you. Um, he's like, nah, I don't really do team ups anymore, you know, managing people. So this dude doesn't have a Morty, it seems like it doesn't have anything. He is working solo. Um, so it's really cool going forward that now we have a target for our main Morty and Rick to go to. What Not are, to mention yeah. evil Morty is still alive. Not yeah. to mention now the central finite curve is open. So it's free game that a super genius more smart than Rick could enter into play. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. much. I mean, the chances that evil Morty was villain Rick's. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah. No, I think they're I completely so. separate. No. So, uh, I, I mean, enemies everywhere. This well, is our life. This is our uh, Rick and Morty universe just building right here. Insane. I don't know, guys. I thought this was really good. Episode one to season Phenomenal. six. And oh, it yeah. offered a lot of closure that I wasn't expecting to some of the stuff that was brought up in. What was it called? Rick Mariah Jack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the finale from the last season. So and it also wasn't just like a non important one-off like mr nimbus episode which was fun a lot of fun but like this was some meaty story rick literally says i'll get to it when i get to it that because summer is complaining when they're moving their dead bodies he's like i can't believe like portal travel is not a thing he's like yeah i'll get to it when i get to it so i am just so excited and i i'm just gonna sit back and enjoy i am not gonna have any expectations i'm just gonna enjoy Good to be back. All right, guys, that's going to be it for our coverage of Rick and Morty. Stay tuned for our coverage of episode two. I don't know what the episode name is, but we will be covering it as well as all the rest of the episodes for this season. If you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Uh, we're all the same at Bingetown TV. You can follow, check out our website at BingetownTV.com. Uh, our Patreon has a lot of uh, exclusive content for people who are subscribers. We always appreciate new supporters and Patreon members. So be sure to give us a follow there. That's it, guys. We are Binge Town TV. And thanks for listening. Took me so the proper way is once again, we are <laughs> yeah, Binge Town TV. That's what it is. Once yep. again. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.